listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton. Thanks so much for being with us along the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. We think we've come up with a poll question for the day. Mike McDonald chose Seattle yesterday. He had both jobs offered to him. He chose Seattle. If you had a choice between being head coach of the Seahawks going forward or head coach of the Commanders going forward, which one would you take? You know, you got to figure you're going to have anywhere from three to, you know, he's getting a six-year deal, but you can only really figure on what, three years? Maybe Seattle will show some patience. I mean, you know, Pete Carroll had the gig for 15. But so that's our poll question, right? As soon as I type it and put it up there. Okay. Sounds good. Right Mark, when that happened. Big right, Seattle. Right when that happened, by the way, someone in our Twitch chat room did post what yesterday's poll question idea was. What was it? What's going to oh. happen first? The pay-per-view oh, right. Super Bowl or the Super Bowl out of the country? Well, it, we okay. Let's file yeah. that away for the week of the Super Someone Bowl. Someone remember that. Next week, we're doing that. Write that down. Right. So please, somebody remember that we want to ask what will happen first, a pay-per-view Super Bowl or the Super Bowl being held outside the U.S. Right. That's We really liked that one for a good chunk of yesterday. Of course, we didn't go with it as our poll question. No, we went with which of the four teams that have not been to the Super Bowl will get there first. And Detroit was the winner. With Houston a solid second, right? Right. And everybody, and then Cleveland and Jacksonville, crickets. Ah, whatever. Yeah, nobody thinks they're ever going to get to the game. Either one. Nope. Well, real talk for a second, though. That, That is kind of telling about the public's opinion, or at least our audience's opinion. About the Jags, a little bit, right? Yeah. They're, oh. ba- they're basically saying Houston's here and they're here to stay. And the Jags may have missed their chance to seize the AFC South by the you-know-what. Well, there's no doubt they did. I mean, Jacksonville and Detroit were in the exact same situation this year. Detroit seized the moment. Jacksonville did not. And we've got a lot. Don't you think we've got a lot of questions about Trevor Lawrence? And I know he was banged up and he played most of the season through injury, but... He enters the season with a lot of question marks. Sure. Sure. I mean, there's less margin for error in the AFC. You got to be a bigger dude if you're the quarterback of an AFC team. You just do. And C.J. Stroud was a dude down the stretch for the Texans. Trevor Lawrence did not put the Jags on his shoulders and carry them to victory. All they had to do was go to Tennessee and beat the Titans to win the division, and they couldn't do it. Tennessee's involvement in this year's NFL playoffs is staggering. Staggering. Their win in Miami cost the Dolphins the East, cost the Dolphins the two seed. Now, maybe Kansas City's still in the Super Bowl. Would have been a slightly different road. They would have opened with Buffalo at home. Well, we see what the Chiefs do to the Bills in the playoffs, so maybe the same thing happens. 
then the Chiefs would have, in theory, had to go to Miami. Well, Chiefs handled Miami at Arrowhead. Would they have handled Miami at Hard Rock? But more importantly, Miami wouldn't have had to play the players they played against Buffalo in the last game of the season when they lost players to injury that impacted their playoff game. And we are seeing how important being able to rest guys week 18 can be. Kelsey said, uh, yeah, I, I'm not playing week 18. They're like, dude, you're 14 yards away from a 1,000-yard season. You'd extend your NFL record. We'll throw you one pass. We'll get you the yards. We'll take you out. He said, no, no. I need to rest. I'm banged up. We got a playoff run coming up. Nope. I have seven years in a row I've caught for a thousand yards. I don't need another one. No. Mm -mm. And look at Travis Kelsey in the playoffs compared to how Travis Kelsey looked during the regular season. You think that week off helped him? So, oh yeah. Tennessee Titans played havoc with the AFC playoffs. And I know because they're Dallas, you know, all the pressure will be on Dak. That's the quarterback with the most heat on him. He's going into a, a contract year and all of those things. But if you put Trevor Lawrence in a market where actually the national media cared, that collapse would be amplified to a much greater degree. You mean as opposed to a one-team market where they pretty much have to go, keep on trying, Trevor. We're still behind you, Trevor. We still love you, Trevor. Because that's what it's like here in Jacksonville. I, I can tell you. But you're so right, Mark. There's no doubt about it. There's eight other NFL markets in which they'd be like, hey, dude, you want the money? You need to come through. So far, mm, you haven't met that threshold. You had a good month last year. That's about it. Okay. We had the best roster in the division. We didn't win the division. You're the quarterback. Figure out who we're blaming. By the way, getting back to Dak, did you see what Jerry Jones said earlier this week? I did. You know, he can't help himself. No. I, you, you've got that weekly radio show. He just eventually, the truth comes out. You going to give Dak an extension? No, we're going to let it all play out. Really? Yep. Well, what do you think about the future? We'll go as far as Dak takes us. I mean, he could not have put any more of the blame on Dak Prescott. And when you start the year off with questions at your quarterback position by the owner, Things better go really well early. This is not this. You know, everybody's ah. Oh, this the locker room won't be able to hit. The locker room will handle it fine if they're off to a four and one start. Where this becomes a problem is when you're two and two. Well, but then there's the whole. Even if they start four and one. You know, once again, when they get to January, it's going to be like, well, what just took place doesn't matter. I mean, yes, but what I'm saying is, if it's two and two, then the heats of then not making right? the playoffs becomes a deal. Then it can fester into the locker room, David, if you know what I mean. 
Why? Just because the coach has been told win or else? Just because the quarterback's been told, all right, win or we ain't paying you? I mean, we love you and all, but it's time to win. I don't give a damn about anything else. I, there's a part of me that respects it from Jera. I love it. I love it. But today's athlete, and you listen to, the, oh, how can we go into a year with without a confidence in our quarterback for a long-term deal? What do you mean? How about prove it? How about I want to see you win in January before I pay you? I don't have any problem with it. I don't. I mean, if they go into the playoffs next year, first off, if they make it, and secondly, they go one and done again, I mean, and I understand. I mean, they don't have anybody else better than Dak, and it doesn't appear as if they have an immediate way to get someone better than Dak. But you could see where Jarrah would just go, I don't know, gave the guy damn near a decade, won two playoff games. I'm pretty sure I can go find somebody else win two playoff games in nine years. Let's go get another one. I mean, Dak's rookie year was 2016. He said eight years as the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. Two playoff wins. And that's what they're being judged by. Fairly or not. You know, does Jerry overrate his team? Absolutely he does. Should the Cowboys have more than two playoff wins during those eight years? Hell yeah. I mean, they're losing home playoff games when they're favored. They lost, Dax lost three home playoff games. He's lost more home playoff games than he's won home playoff games. And now the owner wants to have Dak show him something before he gives him the bag, as they say. And DC makes a good point challenging me with, okay, you're okay with the Cowboys doing that, but not the Vikings. Uh, First off, we both think Kirk Cousins is a whole level better than Dak Prescott. Whether we're right or wrong, we do. But, yeah. Uh, you're right. The Vikings, it certainly appears as if they played the same game with Cousins. They just didn't say it out loud. They're letting their actions speak louder than words. And in both cases, like right now, I don't know what Dallas's backup plan is. The Vikings clearly didn't have one. That's more of my complaint with the Vikings, that there's Really no plan B. We're just going to let Kirk go, and we've got no idea what we're doing at the position. There are a lot of people believe that they're going to make a major draft day trade. That they're grabbing somebody, whether it's the kid from North Carolina, whether it's Daniels from LSU, that they're they're giving up three first-round picks, and they're moving up. Okay. All right. We'll see. A little less than three months. We'll see. First thing we'll find out, they're going to keep Kirk or not. Kirk, uh, reportedly, by the way, uh, two years, 90 million fully guaranteed. 
That's what he wants. He goes, I have 45 a year for two years, fully guaranteed. He'll get it. I think Atlanta's drawing up the contract offer as we speak. Would you pay him that? Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones making 40. Dak's making 40. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's just the market. Yes, I would. I like the fact 35-year-old quarterback were only committed to two years. Yeah, okay. And I know Cousins doesn't have a great playoff record. I have seen Cousins go, go into New Orleans and outplay Drew Brees and beat the Saints on the road. All right? So I, I think he can play a little bit. Miller and Moulton. Bob Harrig in 25 minutes. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for being with us. Bob Harrig to talk all things going on in the world of golf. And trust me, we don't have enough time with Bob Harrig to talk about all the things going on in the world of golf. But we'll do our best in the 15 minutes that we have with them coming up in a little more than 15 minutes. Scott Jackson, does anybody want the commander's job? And uh, Chris Nyland, a little over an hour from now, NHL at the All-Star break. We'll talk a little hockey, some pucks with the former tough guy. I think he's still a tough guy. Well, he certainly is for us. He could. He'd ragdoll both of us at the same time. Oh, my goodness. Whew. He'd just have a left around my shirt and be throwing jabs at my mouth while he'd be throwing rights at you. Man, you know, my team could use a Chris Nyland right now. That's if the league would allow a Chris Nyland to play in it right now. It, I will say, and you know yeah, A couple much, of toughest guys in the league play for the Rangers. Yeah, I know, but the, the league hardly allows you to hit anymore during the regular season. I mean... The okay, a softer regular season product. Softer. Not quality, but softer. NBA or NHL. There's no hitting in the NHL anymore. None. They just skate. It's figure skating out there. It's the most skilled the game's ever been, but it's figure skating. And then April. It goes back to being hockey. Yeah, I think I don't think it's as bad as you say. Okay, I'm watching the product nearly every night. I the hitting's way down. There's no question. I mean, but I don't think I think the NBA in the regular season softer. Okay. Could be a poll question. I think I know hurts. in this market how it would go yeah. with what our audience is. What hurts the NBA too is how much fun college basketball is. I'm, of course, biased in that, but I think people watch both and they can see the disparity. Yeah, I don't don't think anybody's watching college. Trent, I'm telling you, nobody's watching college. Nobody is watching college basketball. But my point is just that the NBA, the fouls that get called, the travels they let go, stuff like that, the star treatment, all you don't get that as much in college. Well, but you also don't have the movement in college. Right. I mean, college is a college game compared to an NBA game. College looks like mud wrestling. You have to grant that. Now, you prefer it, and I don't blame you. 
Okay, there are a lot of people, if we were to ask the poll question right now, which style of play do you, basketball style of play do you prefer more right now, college or pro, I think college would win. The irony is no one's watching it. Till March. But I, I agree with you. I agree with Mark, actually. I don't think the hockey product is as bad as... David believes, but your point is well taken. I think the biggest problem with the NBA is the same problem they had last year. It's load management, and now the players are revolting against it, so they're figuring out ways around it. And here's the problem. They try to put in these rules, like we talked about on Monday, with the contracts, and you got to play X amount yeah. of games, but then you run into a Tyrese Halliburton situation, and it's a mess. By the way, we were ahead of the curve by about a, a day about the Halliburton. For those that don't know, Indiana Pacers guard having a phenomenal year, but he got hurt, legitimate injury, okay? He slipped, fell on the floor, did the splits, groin injury, all right? Missed like 10 games. Well, if he misses like a handful more, he's ineligible for any and all postseason awards. Well, ridiculously, the NBA actually has it where young players and their contracts can, if you make an all-NBA team, you get raises built in. You're, you're, and so Halliburton, who clearly right now would be an all-NBA player, but he can only miss like five more games. And if by chance he misses more than that, he's not going to be an all-NBA player. It's no big deal or anything. It's only going to cost him $41 million over the next five years. I mean, that's all. And he came out and blasted the league's policy yeah. on it right and uh the league kind of looked back at them and like don't know what to tell you you guys took too many games off for too many years we had to do something and i know you're legitimately hurt he is he's legitimately hurt and people would still vote him on an all nba team but league took a stance and it's a shame when you get the spring chicken in there it's not his generation of players that have caused this problem it's 10 years ago. It's the Embiid and LeBron and Kawhi. It's those guys. Well, well don't LeBron. don't put LeBron don't in that category. LeBron. Go look at the, his games played. Well, look, it's I'm, not LeBron. I'm the biggest LeBron guy in the world. I know. I'm just I'm the load well, management just, sentiment. But well, he's not a he's not a load management guy though. Now, his Anthony Davis, uh, you talk about his teammate, but you know, he's got a you can blame LeBron for a lot of things. Uh, can't blame load management on LeBron. I had to laugh. They got beat 2 days ago and LeBron just, you know, he got asked a question and he I didn't think he was bad and how he did but he kind of turned around the reporter he's like what's our record like, what are we game below 500 24 25 he goes that's who we are I mean he, he was very he's we're, we're yeah, some we're nights were good. really good and some nights were not I, I right. thought it was as honest of an answer as he's given in a long time by the way LeBron with the cryptic sand timer tweet the other day which could mean anything Oh. trade deadline. You know, it's only a matter of time. Seems like you get one of those every year from LeBron. I love it, though. I'm curious, does any other hockey fan out there feel the way I do about the product, that it's getting a little too soft for my liking in the regular season? David, do I wish there was more hitting? You you didn't ask me that. You asked which is softer, the NBA or the NHL. I still think That's the NBA true. is softer. If, is true. it getting too soft for my liking? Yes. Yeah. I would love to see more contact. It's affecting my enjoyment of the games. 
I, I literally find myself going, God, is anybody going to hit him? Puck, you know, a certain place on the ice, and I'm like, okay, we're going to hit. You didn't hit him there? Seriously? What the heck? I, it, it's affecting my enjoyment. And it's not just my team, which doesn't play heavy enough either. But, I mean, hardly anybody does. I mean, there are games. They keep track of hits. There have been games this year in which both teams have had less than 10 hits in a game. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's become a, a – there's never been more talent. The skating is incredible. But come on, man. Hit somebody. And we're about two weeks away from it to start ratcheting it up again because we're getting to the point where teams are going to start grinding for playoff spots and the game's intensity will pick up a little bit. But you're not wrong. Okay. All right. Uh, 29 after the hour. Bob Harrah coming up in 10 minutes. Time now for the play of the day. Trent, what do you have? Much more sentimental than Katie's return to Brooklyn. How about Dame's return to Portland? The Bucks taking on the Blazers at Moda Center in Oregon. It's a back-and-forth affair, surprisingly, because the Bucks were a 10.5-point favorite. But uh, it's the Bucks holding a one-point lead with 20 seconds or so to play, and that's when the young Anthony Simons went ISO. Simons steps through. Fulger got it! Big-time bucket by Anthony Simons. Doc Rivers calls timeout. I had to leave the Doc Rivers jab in there just for, for fun. Why not? Uh, Simons nails the 12-foot floater with a kiss. Brooke Lopez then misses the three. Blazers hit some free throws, and it's game over. Blazers win. Simons, the hero, he leads the way with 24 points. Dame does one better at 25 and seven assists for good measure, but just three of 13 from deep. Not a great homecoming for Dame, and the Bucks so, are struggling. There's your Molly made play of the day. So let me get this straight. Uh, under 10 seconds ago, we're down one. We have Giannis and Dame Lillard and Brooke Lopez is shooting a step back 30 footer. Yeah, I, I didn't see what happened. What? I just was reading the play by play, and that's what happened what? next. Honestly, what? With eight seconds left. That? With eight How seconds left, Lopez chucked up a three. We got Giannis and Dame Lillard, and who's shooting the ball? I. <sighs> Call Molly Made today. It's the Molly Made play of the day. 239-774-5839. That's 239-774-5839. And give your spouse the gift of a clean house. Bob Herrig to talk some golf. That's next on Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 22 minutes before the hour. Scott Jackson at the top of the hour. He's part of the Commander's Radio Network. Does anybody want this job? It's the last one left. The thought was Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDonald was going to take it. He was there Monday. They wined and dined, went over the owner's house for dinner, the whole deal. Instead, he took the Seattle job, six-year deal. That's our poll question, by the way. Which job would you have taken if you were offered both? Seattle or Washington? That Mark Miller, the David Moulton, FloridaSportsNetwork.com, and vote accordingly. I think I'm the only person that uh, is picking the Washington job. Really? Yeah. Everybody's like you. They, they say, oh, no, I'll take the Seattle gig. 
And I, so. your reasoning why nearly changed my mind. We talked about this yesterday briefly. I mean, all the picks in the first 100 picks. 80 million in cap room. You know, possibility that the Cowboys and Eagles windows are closing rapidly. Giants are a mess. But uh, Scott Jackson in a little more than 20 minutes. Bob Harrick, kind enough to join us once again. He, of course, covers golf for Sports Illustrated. He's got a new book coming out next month. You can pre-order it now. Drive, The Lasting Legacy of Tiger Woods. Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, Target. Okay, but you can pre-order it now. Bob, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck with the book. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Doing well. Thanks. Uh, Listen, there's nothing going on in the world of golf. So, uh, you know, (laughs) talk about whatever you want. Let's start with, uh, oh, I don't know, $3 billion being funneled into the PGA Tour. None of it by the Saudis. Yeah, that was big news yesterday. Um, I, I think we knew that was coming. Uh, there had been talks that the tour had been in negotiations for quite a while with private equity. Uh, strategic sports group is the one that they settled on. And look, it sounds great for the players. A lot of money. Um, what's it mean for us, the fans, you know, the people who watch the game and support it? Nobody really knows. Um, that's the thing that, that we're all sort of waiting to, to find out what is this going to mean, whether, whether the PIF is involved or not. Uh, the tours created a new entity called PGA Tour Enterprises, which is a for-profit arm. But the, but the PGA Tour, as we know it, what's going on this week at Pebble Beach, next week in Phoenix, is still going to exist. So the separate entity has to be something immense, I would think, because how do you get a return? How do you get that kind of money to come back? Uh, you know, it's, it's as a for-profit enterprise, it needs to pay for itself somehow. And this is why everybody's sort of, um, you know, still wondering, like, all right, what are they going to do? How is this going to be a uh, money-making enterprise? How will the fans benefit by maybe seeing all the best players more often? All right, Bob, help me out here because obviously the PGA Tour now runs as a not-for-profit, which is a bit of a laughable joke in and of itself. Does the PGA Tour not-for-profit go away with the PGA Tour Enterprises, or are these run as two separate companies, if you will? Uh, no, my understanding is it does not go away. Uh, the, the, the PGA Tour, Inc., which is the nonprofit. And, and they're nonprofit because they're a member organization. And all the, you know, basically all the tournaments under the PGA Tour Inc. are run as charitable endeavors, 501c3s. The, you know, the uh, Valspar Championship near where I live uh, at Innisbrook is, has a charitable arm called Copperhead Charities. And all their proceeds go to charity. Um, and a majority of the, uh, almost all of the tournaments on the tour are operated that way. There are some that are for profit, but they still earmark money for charity. This separate entity, which is my understanding, will actually fall under the banner of PJ Tour Inc. PJ Tour Enterprises will fall under it, is for profit. And because it's separate, um, in other words, 
you know, it, there's no profits to be made from PGA Tour events. That, that money's all earmarked for charity. And, and, and an investor can't invest in that. They can't get a return. So what is this three, almost $3 billion in, in money being invested in that will get a return? Obviously, the tour has a lot of assets that will fall under this that are, you know, that are money-making. They, they have, they, like I was saying, they have some tournaments that are for-profit, and I'm guessing the money will go there. But we're talking usually hundreds of thousands of dollars or small millions, not billions, you know? And so there's got to be some vehicle that brings in the billions. And everybody has been talking or thinking it's going to be some sort of you know, world tour or global event series, six, eight, ten events that that everybody would play in, regardless of what tour you're on. You'd have to qualify in some way, obviously. Uh, that, but would kind of, you know, sort of like if you understand uh, Champions League soccer in Europe. You know, the, all the countries in Europe have their own big soccer leagues, including the Premier League in the UK. But yet the top teams come together for the Champions League, and it's a huge deal. And they, come from, they qualify from the various countries. That's sort of what you're talking about here. And, but how do we get to that point? Because there's only so many tournaments a guy can play. Um, in theory, you'd have to have maybe some PJ Tour events that count as these world events or live events, per se, if they ever come on board or DP World. And, you know, getting from here to there is no easy task. I mean, you've got, you're almost starting from scratch to make, to make this happen. And uh, I, I think to make anything happen for next year is the big, is the big question. Can that be in place by, by 2025? Most people, sorry, Bob, don't think that it can because it probably has to go before Congress and, and regulatory. And so they don't think that maybe it could go into place before 2026, but we shall see. He's Bob Herrick. He covers golf for a living for Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twix, all right, Twitter slash X at Bob Harrig, H-A-R-I-G. He's got a new book coming out next month. You can pre-order it, Drive the Lasting Legacy of Tiger Woods. What does this mean for LIV? Were they caught off guard by this? Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, a little defiant yesterday, saying we don't need their money. And he's the exact opposite now of Rory, in which he's basically saying, and we don't need any of those golfers either. Okay. What do you think this means for LIV? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I don't know if it caught him off guard, but there's a little bit more of a tempered view about coming together now, I think. I, I, I think on the live side, there was a feeling that they were going to get a deal done that the, the framework agreement was going to be finalized. And now, the, you know, the language in, in, in the tours, um, you know, memo yesterday suggested, hey, yeah, now we're still talking to the PIF and they can be a co-contributor um, pending uh, regulatory approval. So they're throwing that out there as if, you know, that might not happen right away. And you're right, Jordan Spieth, his comments, uh, you know, Tiger's comments, uh, some of the other players are not on in, in Rory's. They don't have that same view. 
And I guess the way I sit on this is, is no matter what you think of live, you know, and I get there's tons of, um, you know, people that hate it or they have no interest in it. They don't want to watch it. But if you're going to have this new entity, is it going to be as good if you don't have John Rahm and Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka playing in it? You know, they're three of the last five major winners. And, you know, I, I just don't think I, – I think what the fans want is they want to see, or at least a good number of them, have Rahm and Spieth playing together more than just the majors. And look, I get the, hey, they made their decision. That's true. They did. Nobody ever knew if they were going to come back together. That was the chance that was taken. And I would argue that live without some sort of agreement with the tour for its players to come back um, is, is going to struggle because it won't have the pathways to viewership, sponsorship, you know, revenue. You know, they're burning millions of dollars every time they play. This week in Mexico, next week in Las Vegas. You know, and, and, and how long are they going to continue to do that? Uh, the PGA Tour agreement, if it ever were to happen, gives them a form of acceptance. So it's very interesting. Like, yeah, they say they don't need PIF. They, maybe they don't. Uh, you know, that setup can maybe work with that amount of money. But the the money is a different issue now. It's are you going to shut them out? And if you do, well, then you're you're being a bit disingenuous about bringing all the top players together. And that's um, you know that's where we are right now. It's going to be very interesting to see how this proceeds. Bob, what do you think brought about Rory's 180? I mean, this is a guy who you know they've they've got to face punishment. They've got to there's got to be consequences for this too. No, we don't need any punishment. I mean, it's a complete 180. What do you think brought it about? Um, I think a couple of things. Um, I, I think maybe he saw the inevitability of of the PIF being involved in sports, um, and you know, obviously they've they've kind of spread their wings in other areas, especially soccer. Um, he has friends that have gone over that he you know is beginning to kind of see their side of it, uh, the life changing money. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, maybe there's some personal stuff in there. He doesn't want to see guys like Rahm and Hatton not be part of the Ryder Cup. Uh, so I think, I think that's a big part of it. And, and he's sort of the one advocating for we need to do something global with a U.S. base. And I think he realizes it's not the same without those guys. He was asked this week, you know, about, about not having some of those players in field, and is it, does, is it as meaningful? And he said, look, no, if I win this week, it's not as, as, as big of a victory as if Rom and Hatton and Brooks were here. You know, and, um, and, and you're going to continue to hear that kind of, of, uh, of talk from the live side of things the longer it goes where guys can't get in the majors. You know, we're, we're going to see a guy like Joaquin Neiman, who won the Australian Open and just finished fourth in Dubai, not at this point. He's not in any of the majors this year. You know, I mean, the majors have always missed some big players, but like more and more that's going to happen if there's no resolution to any of this. And, um, you know, it, it, fans notice. 
You know, I, I don't think it'll keep them from watching the majors, but it's, it's, it is something to, to, to think about. Like, are they quite as good without some of these guys? John Rom going to move the needle. I mean, is anybody going to turn on the CW this week or next? I mean, you know, going up against Pebble and Phoenix, two pretty, you know, uh, popular PGA Tour events. I mean, is John Rom enough to move the needle? I think there might be a curiosity factor, um, but if you just hit it. Why they are scheduling their events this year against some of the biggest tour events when their mandate had been to avoid them and also to say they were additive is really curious. I mean, at the very least, why not end your event this week by 4 o'clock Eastern time so that maybe you'd catch some people before they tune into Pebble Beach? You know, like maybe they'll watch you until that, until that comes on. Instead, they're basically in the same window. They're going till 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, both weeks and, and, and they've got other events scheduled against the tour's signature events. Um, they play the week before the PGA, which is Wells Fargo. I believe they might be playing the week of the Arnold Palmer, although they're overseas. Um, but when they're overseas, their broadcasts are tape delayed and in the same window. Uh, they're playing the week of the Memorial. I mean, that to me makes no sense. You know, a lot of people tune into Pebble Beach just to see it, just to watch Pebble Beach. Right. You know, it doesn't matter who's playing. So, I mean, is Rom going to move the needle? I think what it does is it hurts the tour more than it helps live. You know, like yep. the, the tour is without a, the, the reigning Masters winner. But, you know, is it going to mean more people are going to watch live? I, I, I don't know. I It's possible, but... You know, I still think that they're going to struggle going up against some of the tour's biggest tournaments. He's Bob Harrig. He covers golf for Sports Illustrated. His book coming out next month, you can pre-order it at all the places. It's called Drive, The Lasting Legacy of Tiger Woods. Remember, he wrote that great book about Tiger and Phil and their rivalry a few years ago. He's Bob Harrig. Follow him on Twix, Twitter slash exit Bob Harrig. H-A-R-I-G. Bob, as always, thanks for your time and insight. Safe travels, and we'll talk again soon. Bob Harrig of Sports Illustrated here on Miller & Moulton.